The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I don't know why people are trying to put an obituary under our, our team name. Um, you know, it's uh, I, Aaron is an unbelievable piece to this whole thing, and, and we love him. But uh, I think there's there's 52 other guys in the locker room, plus the 16 practice squad guys that uh, that believe that we can do a hell of a lot of good things here. While the outside world can go ahead and write whatever story they want to write, there's there's still the the true story being written in this building. So. That's called making chicken salad by Jets coach Robert Sala on the day that the worst was confirmed. The torn Achilles tendon for Aaron Rodgers out for the year. The Jets now have to pick up the pieces and move on. And the silver lining from that ridiculously dark cloud that threw a lightning bolt onto the heel of Aaron Rodgers on Monday night is that they won the game. They are 1-0. and They do have a very good defense. They just have to take it from here. Taking us through the next two hours, along with me, is Miles Simmons, who will now be, and apparently it was news to him, a fixture on Wednesdays this year because Chris Sims is doing Mondays. We still value Miles' contributions, and he's here on Wednesdays. And, Miles, what you'll learn is this is that weird pivot day where in most weeks, when there isn't some major story that is still developing like the Aaron Rodgers situation, most weeks – We can't quite figure out on Wednesday how much we talk about the week that was and how much we talk about the week to come. That's not a problem this week because the last game from the week that was is the biggest story in the NFL because of the dramatic, sudden, and permanent, at least for this year, departure of Aaron Rodgers. And with that, I say good morning and thank you, as always, for getting up extremely early in Los Angeles or whichever town you live in the Los Angeles area. Santa Monica. Is that it? Uh, Yeah. Wow. Yes. Only, only took you two years of me living here to figure out uh, where actually I am in the world and in Los Angeles County. Uh, First thing I want to say today is happy birthday to my mom. It is my mom's birthday. I will not say how old she is. That is not something that one does, but I, I love my mom very much. And I want to say happy birthday. So I hope that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of the week, mom. Other than that, good morning, Mike. Happy birthday, Dr. Simmons. And if you really want to go next level with the don't mention age, you don't even mention that you don't mention age. You just say happy birthday and you move on. Just yeah, say, well, I could have done next that. Next year, but, you know, yeah. next year, next year, <laughs> I'll, I'll next do year, better. you'll do that. You're right. But happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Dr. Simmons. And it's a shame you didn't get to come back this summer. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you didn't come back to Cleveland this summer because we got together last summer when you were back You're in Cleveland. Correct. And this year, I think I when we were know. talking about it, you ended up not going. See, I'm remembering things now. I'm so happy to be home after my travel misadventures <laughs> I that I am actually 
I am actually in a good mood, although the clock is already ticking on my trip for week two, which is coming up on Saturday, which could be yet another adventure where I go to the airport, sit on the plane for a while, get off the plane, come home, get up really early on Sunday morning, fly to New York and go all day and then get stuck on a hot plane for three hours before staying in New York and finally getting home. Regardless, that's all in the past. I'm home. I'm happy. And I'm also happy because I'm not a Jets fan, because Jets fans have nothing to be happy about. Although I still submit, be happy you're one and oh, and take it from here. I, okay, they're going to play the Cowboys. Now, if Aaron Rodgers had not gotten injured on Monday night, would the Jets be thinking, oh, we're going to go down there and beat the hell out of the Cowboys? I mean, the Cowboys put everyone on notice on that same field where the Jets played a night earlier that they're not going to be a pushover this year. And we were looking at the Jets' early season schedule saying, wow, two and four is a possibility here. Maybe three and three is realistic for them. That's glass half full. Win half the games is glass half full. So let's just push it forward. Patriots, week three. Didn't they beat the Patriots last year? Didn't they beat the Patriots one of those two games? I think they did, if I recall correctly. I believe so. They've got the – They've got the Chiefs coming up week four. Yeah, okay. Then they got that game against the Broncos that they'll still be pissed off about. And then they got the Eagles to finish their first six before they're by. So I just because they're I haven't seen the line, but I figure they're seven point underdogs at least against the Cowboys. Somewhere between at seven least. and ten would be my guess. You know, hey, it's a different vibe now. You're no longer the hunted. You're the hunters again. But you have a good pack of hunters. You got a great defense. You helped Josh Allen and company to 16 points. So I I understand that Robert Sala has got to try to recraft the narrative and get his guys on board with the fact that the guy who's been the centerpiece of the organization is, is not there and lasted all of four snaps and didn't even complete a pass. I get it. But I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not ready to just say, okay, they're done. But Sala has to get them to convince that before the rest of us will believe it, if that makes any sense. And maybe it doesn't. I mean, it does make sense. And uh, we are being told here on the rundown that the Cowboys are nine point favorites over the Jets, which to me makes complete sense because I understand why Sala publicly has to say, well, I don't know why everybody's writing our obituary, but I got two words for you, Robert Sala. And I say this with all due respect, Zach Wilson. I mean, what did we do the entire offseason but replace Zach Wilson with somebody who you believe could take this Super Bowl caliber roster and put it in the actual Super Bowl? Right? That's what Aaron Rodgers was supposed to do. And now you have Zach Wilson who, you know, was just running backwards. And, like, I don't know how much you saw the Manning cast. I don't quite watch it when it's on. But then I, I you know, see clips and I watch some of the replay or whatever it is on my DVR. And Peyton Manning watching Zach Wilson play quarterback told me so much about what we need to know about Zach Wilson playing quarterback. So unless there is some sort of dramatic, and I mean dramatic improvement that comes from Zach Wilson being QB one at practice all week and maybe working with a different guy, you know, in the headset in Nathaniel Hackett, I don't really know what we're supposed to think other than man, the jets have a really good roster and they are really loaded other than at quarterback, and we all know that quarterback is the most important position on the entire football field. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I maybe it's just because it was a busy week. I forgot all about the Manning cast. And the Manning cast is usually the thing that I'll watch on Tuesday morning as kind of more right. of a podcast because I still don't want to be distracted from watching the game. And I'm having them on – during the game distracts me from watching the game. But if you're not getting the Peyton Manning seal of approval, then that's a problem. If he sees issues with how Zach Wilson is or isn't playing quarterback, that's a problem. And Zach Wilson is the guy. Robert Sala has already said that. He's the guy who will take the team as the starter. The question that becomes, now that Rodgers is on injured reserve and he isn't coming back, a full tear of the Achilles is out for the full season. Here's Sala on the question of whether they will be looking for another quarterback to enhance a depth chart that currently consists of Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle. We are going to look through some things, but um, but I do want to make it very clear. Uh, Zach's our quarterback. Um, we've got a lot of faith in Zach. We're really excited about his opportunity. 
Um, but we're, we're rolling with Zach and um, and excited for this, uh, excited for him and, like I said, this opportunity that he's going to get. And, and I guess the message I'm just trying to deliver in terms of, uh, you know, we're, we're going to look at everything. Um, you know, preferably, uh, you know, not preferably, but you're going to look at veterans, you're going to look at young guys, but uh, under no circumstances, any of this a competition, uh, this is Zach's team, and, and we're rolling with Zach. It's funny, the little things they do to try to maintain leverage in negotiating with free agents. Well, preferably we're looking at a veteran. Not preferably. We'll go with a young guy, too. Because that's what they want to be able to say when the agent for the veteran tries to put a thumb on the scale because they know the Jets are in need. It reminds me a lot of the Vikings losing Teddy Bridgewater seven years ago and having to give up a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick for Sam Bradford. Now, they weren't content to ride with Sean Hill, who won the season opening game against the Titans, I believe it was, that year. They bumped him to the side for Sam Bradford. They felt they had a Super Bowl-ready team. They needed to go out and get a guy that they thought would help them get to where they were trying to go. Here's the challenge. Do you want a backup to Zach Wilson, or do you want a number two who is doing all he can to supplant Zach Wilson do you want to be once again blinded by Mike White and have that guy that maybe comes in and the fans get behind him and then Zach Wilson is set aside and that's relevant because I saw Rob Motti of the AP saying well hey if anybody out there is throwing out names like Jacoby Brissett as a potential trade for the Jets which we'll get to but that makes no sense because the commanders need a backup too that's a problem. Right. The teams that have right. backups aren't just going to give up their backups. You got to yes. have two backups and be willing to part with one of them to have a trade. But Marty's point is, if you are talking about Brissett, how can you not talk about Carson Wentz? Well, here's why you don't talk about Carson Wentz. Because Wentz is going to walk through the door with the attitude that I should be playing. I want to mm-hmm. be playing. So the question is, what do the Jets want? Do they want a guy who wants to be on the field and is going to maybe get pissy if he's not on the field? Or do they want a guy who's going to be part of this process to try to gradually draw out of Zach Wilson the quarterback they hope he'll become? And I doubt they've abandoned that, Miles, just because Rodgers got hurt. Like, the long-term play was, we keep Rodgers, and then we go to Zach Wilson. So now that that's been accelerated, you can't start throwing Zach Wilson to the bench and to the field and over here and over there, and now we're done with him and it's Chris Streveler again. You can't do that. You got to roll with Zach Wilson. So the backup needs to be a veteran who is all in and accepts his role and understands as much as Peyton Manning isn't impressed by Zach Wilson, you're his understudy. You're not going to supplant him. This isn't a competition. We got enough crap to deal with. You have to be content and happy to be number two to... Zach Wilson. I, I think that's the challenge, and that may be why Carson Wentz wouldn't be Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz wouldn't be on the radar screen because you're I mean, worried I, he's going to come in and he's going to be like, I, you know, I was MVP <laughs> candidate. My, you know, and I'm this, you know, and I'm this. Twenty seventeen. You don't want yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want that yeah. if you're the Jets. Of course not. No, you don't. And, and look, I. The thing that I guess I I would also struggle with when you're talking about bringing in a quarterback that may or may not supplant Zach Wilson is who's going to know that offense, right? You have a guy in Nathaniel Hackett who has not really called plays very much in, let's say, the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, right? I mean, he was the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars in 2017 when Blake Bortles took that team and the, I mean, well, he was taken by the defense of that team to the AFC championship game. Right. And and so like, that's one guy, but then the other guy that's heard Nathaniel Hackett in his ear is Russell Wilson. And that's a non-starter when it comes to a trade. So it's not like there's anybody that was really out there that really knows the offense. I mean, I guess Brett Rippon is another guy who is somebody that they could go out and get because he's on the Rams right now. But like, this is not a situation where 
you have a bunch of guys that are really familiar with the system that understand who Nathaniel Hackett is as a play caller that are at least a little bit familiar with the personnel and all that, and then could come in and kind of have at least a little bit of a seamless transition. I, I don't think that there is really anybody like that out there. So that's also why, I mean, it's like, well, what do you want? Zach Wilson, who has been in the offseason program, in training camp, who understands at least a little bit of what this offense is supposed to look like, or do you want to bring in somebody who, I guess, like kind of knows how to play quarterback in the NFL, you know, somebody who another team would be willing to part with, or some veteran that's on the street, a la a Carson Wentz. I mean, what, what? there's no real good options here, right? It's like Tom Moore used to say, you know, and is quoted, you know, I, I think in a story over the summer saying this too, if Peyton Manning gets hurt, then we're bleeped and we don't practice bleeped. Well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers just got hurt. So the Jets are kind of bleeped, you and know, you are bleeped. And, and there's no, yeah. Bleeped. And there's no other, there's no other way to really talk about this other than to say that, because again, they replaced Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson was not good enough. Zach Wilson was replaced by Chris Streveler last year. So unless there has been some sort of extremely dramatic improvement, it's not going to go very well here. And here's where, Robert Sala is really trying to will his way to a new narrative because the reason we're putting the obituary on the 2023 Jets is they have lost one of the all-time great quarterbacks, the guy that was going to change everything, the guy that was going to make the Jets into Super Bowl contenders. We saw yesterday how the odds have shifted for the Jets because you remove one of the all-time greats and you put a guy who so far, based on two seasons, boom or bust, is bust as the second yeah. overall pick in the draft. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Great bust bust. If you mm -hmm. had to apply a label now, this is Wilson's chance to turn it around. But that's why the 2023 Jets are and I think yeah, I mean, we've seen these hokey things in the past where a coach will bury a football. I think that was a Buddy Ryan shtick yes. some years ago, but <laughs> It, the, the the 2023 Jets, the Hard Knocks Jets are dead. There's yes, no question. Because are. who was they the are. centerpiece of Hard Knocks? It was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Write the obituary for the 2023 Hard Knocks Jets, and let's go be the 2023 in-season Hard Knocks Jets. Let's make chicken salad on the fly. They knew all along there was a chance this guy was going to get injured at some point. He's had major injuries in the past. Collarbone breaks, two years, mm -hmm. almost completely wiped out. 2017, 2017 was the most recent one. 2014, I believe, was the other. So it's not unprecedented. And with these constant calf issues, it does not take someone with an advanced understanding of the human body to realize that – the Achilles tendon is caught up in that whole area. And if you have mm -hmm. chronic issues because you you really fast and you have great acceleration, so you put extra stress on that area of your body when you use your ability to accelerate at 39. This is what Sim said back when he suffered a calf injury during pre-offseason workout warm-ups with that goofy medicine ball and pulling a sled they were doing. Hey, this is an old man injury, and yeah. he's an old man relative to these younger guys that you see get crushed and twisted into knots and jump right up. So yeah. this was on the radar screen. You don't want to say, well, you know, there's always a chance that Aaron Rodgers is going to tear his Achilles week one a la Vinny Testaverde. You don't want to say that because even if you're right about it, you're an asshole for even mentioning it before it happens. But this was on the radar screen. This wasn't some, oh my God, who would have ever imagined that Aaron Rodgers at 39 with a history of chronic calf injuries would tear an Achilles tendon while he's running around trying to get away from Bill's defenders because their offensive line is a who the hell knows what they're going to be. This wasn't some rogue development, Miles. This was clearly within the range of risks mm -hmm. that the Jets were taking, but they gave no like it's like they gave no thought to it they got so swept up in everything they gave no thought to the possibility that we may not have Aaron Rodgers because because really if they did they'd have a plan they'd have a float chart there wouldn't be a couple of days of what the hell are we going to do they would have been able to hit a button and say all right you know what that thing we were worried about it happened what are we going to do Zach Wilson backed up by who let's go get him
Well, I mean, I, I guess, but like at the same time, like Zach Wilson seems to be the backup plan. And when Zach Wilson's your backup plan, that's not really a good thing. But what's the backup <laughs> plan to the backup plan? What's the backup? Right. Yes. But what's, I mean, what's, who's next? Who's next? You are, you gotta, I, I, I just look at it this way. And this is the third quarterback. One of the things, there. one of the things I, one of the things I learned last week when I removed my suit from the hangar before the Thursday night game in Kansas City and the pants were a size 41 waist. <laughs> Of all the things you worry about, of all the things you worry about, and I worry about everything, it's the thing you don't worry about that bites you in the ass. And I just don't think the Jets spend enough time worrying about the possibility that this could happen because I feel like, and I know it's only a day in, but I feel like they really don't know what to do now behind Zach Wilson. And part of it is, hey, there aren't enough good quarterbacks to go around. There aren't enough bad quarterbacks to go around. That's the bottom line. And and this whole t- back to the whole trade thing. Who's going to give up their backup? Nobody. Who's got extra backups? The Saints do. Do the Saints want to yes. give up Jameis Winston and go with Taysom Hill as their only backup until Jake Hevner is back from a PED suspension? I I don't know. Maybe this is a trade that doesn't happen until Hevner's back. Maybe maybe the Jets wait. I don't know. But the 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 philosophical question they have to answer is what are we looking for in a backup do we want a mm-hmm. traditional understudy who is there to support and nurture and mentor the young player or do we want somebody who's going to come in and, and 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 be you know competitive and maybe knock him off the sideline and here's the other wrinkle too and we still don't know how this is going to play out how involved and present will Aaron Rodgers be because now yes. you got to think about personalities on the sidelines, yes. in the meeting rooms, right? You you introduce some new guy that Aaron Rodgers doesn't know who comes in as the veteran who's going to be the mentor to Zach Wilson. And what if Aaron Rodgers doesn't like this guy? What if Rodgers is like, I'm the mentor. You don't need Joe Flacco. You don't need yeah. somebody who's, you know, the seasoned, grizzled veteran because that's me. I'm here to help him. I'll help him. You don't need it. Just get a guy who, if Wilson gets injured, you can coach up and come in and play. That's where Brett Rippon becomes a greater likelihood not a guy Mm -hmm. that's that's experienced and potentially going to put Zach Wilson in the middle of some sort of a you know alpha play between veteran quarterback who was a franchise guy and injured franchise quarterback who may be back next year that could just screw up everything so I think that's part of it too yeah, I mean, you get too many cooks in the kitchen and you get too many voices in that young guy's ear, then that doesn't really help you at all. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, you mentioned Joe Flacco. He's one that does kind of make sense to me for the Jets right now if you just want somebody that can be a veteran presence and can come in because he's been in that building. I know he hasn't been in the Nathaniel Hackett offense before, but at least he understands who the head coach is, right? Who the young quarterback is. And I think he can adapt and adjust and do whatever he needs to do to be a part of that building. But then you do run into the concern of if Aaron Rodgers is going to be very present in that building, well, then what does that mean? I mean, I guess the other guy that kind of comes to mind is Nick Foles, right? I mean, he is somebody who could come in and, you know, it's not like he's going to be playing um, for for Doug Peterson, who obviously knows how to call plays for him, and that's his muse or whatever. But that's another guy that's at least a veteran and can do something for you. I mean, Jameis Winston is the guy to me that makes the most sense in terms of a trade target because the Saints also have Taysom Hill, and now they list him as a quarterback. So I guess that they would be in some ways okay with him being the backup there. And it's not like he hasn't been a part of that offense for a long time too. So. That's the one guy via trade where I look at it and I say, that's an upgrade from Zach Wilson, just from the standpoint of he can throw the ball, right? He's going to be able to deliver a ball to Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb like that. He's going to do it, but he also is going to turn the ball over. I I just watched Jameis Winston in the practice that they had with the Chargers a couple weeks ago, and it was so striking to me. Now, Jameis Winston is going to try to fit the ball into the absolute tightest window possible. And it's like, man, why are you doing that? There are other options on the field, but that's just his mindset. He's aggressive. It's why he threw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in one year. But I think that that at least gives the the Jets a better chance to win because right now, I mean, I just, I don't know what Zach Wilson can really do to elevate a team. And I, I just, I feel like, they need somebody to be able to do that. And at least if you have a guy in Jameis Winston who can throw for yards, you're going to be elevated in some way. There's no good options here, though. None. 
You gave me a flashback to week 17 of 2019 as the Falcons and the Bucks went to overtime and Jameis Winston was sitting on 29 interceptions for the season. And I said to Rodney Harrison, oh, no, he's going to throw number 30 and it's going to be a pick six. And that's going to be the end of Jameis Winston's time in Tampa Bay. And that's exactly what happened. Blind squirrel was eating acorn that day. So I think that they should just trust Zach. He knows the offense. He's been around. Let's see how much he's already grown under the influence of Aaron Rodgers. Here's Robert Sala from yesterday on why he believes Zach Wilson can handle this moment where he's been thrust into the QB1 position. You know, from from a mental standpoint, he's so much different uh, than uh, this time a year ago. Uh, you know, he's he's in a great frame of mind. He's loving the game of football. He's loving the process that he's uh, he's going through. Um, he's got a lot of confidence. Um, you know, all the the, the little things that uh, we we saw in college that he was struggling with a year ago are not the same struggles he was having that that, uh, that he had. You know, he's he's fixed a lot of things, a lot of things. And so we're very excited about him. Uh, obviously, he will acknowledge he still has a lot of things to learn and grow, and um, and we're excited to be able to do that with him. Uh, I think he's been able to, to rebuild rapport with his teammates and uh, and just the overall, just the, the way he's kind of handled himself has been fantastic. Um, but everything about him is just so much different than a year ago. So we're, like I said, it's is it happening faster than I think anyone expected, obviously, um, under the circumstances, but... Uh, he's somebody that's made a drastic improvement from a year ago. That's a pretty candid indictment of Zach Wilson a, a year ago. And, uh -huh. you know, look, Miles, with all due respect to what Peyton Manning said the other night, this kid still got thrust into the worst possible situation. Imagine, I mean, if people are going to say, and I think I saw someone yesterday suggest this was the worst possible injury ever to any team ever in the history ever of the NFL ever. If that's yeah. the case, Zach Wilson's the guy who got thrown into it. Hey kid, go clean up this mess. The worst possible thing that could have happened. Look at that throw that he made to Alan Lazard to keep the drive alive that ultimately tied the game. So... There's a lot of good there. And I, I wish yesterday at some point Robert Sala would have said, hey, people, did you watch the game? We won the game. Zach Wilson came off the bench on a night where he had no expectation he was going to play. That's what Chris Sims said yesterday. He's been in that position where he's the backup and he's on the sideline. And he's trying to help the starter and he's talking to guys. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I have to go play. Like, that's a hell of a slap Four in the face. In. Because even though, even though you – even though we hear the cliches all the time, well, I have to prepare every week as if I'm going to play. We we know, we know yeah, that some backups just, they they play the odds. Like, man, I'm, you know, really, am I going to stay up till 2 a.m. studying the playbook as if I'm going to be the starter this weekend, this week, and next week, and next week, and next week, and next week? Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I got other stuff I'd rather do. They don't pay me to stay up till 2 a.m. every night working. So... Some of these guys aren't ready. And whether he was ready or not, guess what? They won. And in crunch time, that's what I would be showing in the film room the day after the game. Forget about breaking down all the, well, you know, you blew your assignment there. And, oh, you should have gone outside. You went inside. Hell with that. Robert Sala should have gone into the film room. And for all I know, he did. And you just play every good Zach Wilson play. Every one of them. This is what the guy did. Put yourself in his shoes. I mean, we saw some of the stories he was trying out during Hard Knocks about eagles and 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 crows and crows, whatever. They uh, they weren't they, they didn't work for me all the time. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, coach. They didn't exactly they didn't, they didn't motivate me maybe the way Deion Sanders would. I'll just say that. And I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't it's mean personal. to compare Robert Sala to other personal. coaches like Jonathan it's Gannon. Personal. By saying that, but oh, wow, but, stray, I think it's stray, stray. Where'd that stray. come from? <laughs> <laughs> but, but this gives Robert Sala a way to get the guys behind Zach Wilson. A coach told me years ago, you got two types of quarterbacks. Once you know this is your guy, you got the guy who naturally is going to kind of take over and show that he's the leader. That's your Peyton Manning type. Then you got the guy that needs your help as an organization. You need to prop him up. You need to put him on a pedestal. You need to go out to the media and say, you know what? We really don't need 
to add a quarterback. We got Tim Boyle. We got Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's our guy now. Now, maybe we'll bring in another backup in the event something happens with Zach because we just saw it happen on Monday night to Aaron Rodgers, so we need to be prepared for that eventuality. But we got our guy now. This was our plan all along, people. Were you not paying attention to hard knocks? Zach Wilson, we're not giving up on him. Aaron Rodgers comes in. Zach Wilson learns, presses pause on his career, hits the reset button, and then he goes. Well, that plan got accelerated, but that's still our plan. He's our guy. He's our guy. And you need to be saying that to reporters. You need to be saying that to the players because otherwise it's got no chance of working. So that's the one. And look, I don't want to criticize Robert Sala unfairly either because he's dealing with this. I mean, think about the storm he's in the middle of. We, we yeah, saw his face yeah, on Monday storm. night. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He, yeah. He, was, he was ready to go back to whatever he was doing in 2001 before he decided I'm going to walk away from it and go coach football. He was ready to go back to that based on what happened early Monday night. That's for damn sure. But uh, I think that's where they need to get. That's Oh, there it is. That's oh, where they man. need to get, and that's where they need to be. They need yeah. to be in a spot where Zach is yeah. our guy. He won the game. He bailed us out. He drove down the field against a Bills defense that is not bad. And we won. Glass half full. Even if it's empty, glass half full. We don't we, we don't think the Bills defense is bad yet, but you know, they did soft fire their defensive we'll coordinator and their head coach is now calling defensive plays. So whatever happened there, I guess maybe we'll figure it out as the season goes on. But you're not wrong about Robert Sala and what party. he's gotta do. Taking a year uh, off. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then he's and then he's trying to get a job in the middle of the summer. What, what yeah. what's going on with that? Uh, yeah, he's taking a year off. For six months. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with you with Robert Sala, right? I mean, he's got to do whatever he can to motivate his team. And I give Robert Sala so much credit for having his team prepared to move on in that moment, right? Because, you, I mean, who in the world would have expected that four plays into the tenure of Aaron Rodgers, he goes out because they're cut blocking for some reason and the cut blocks weren't working, which is so funny, Mike, because a couple of plays before that, when they were cut blocking, I'm like, why are they cut blocking like this? It's not really working. And then, of course, Floyd comes in and he tackles Aaron Rodgers and the calf goes and the Achilles goes, I guess I should say. So it's just nobody would ever expect that. But the fact that the Jets won that game, right, the fact that they stayed mentally engaged, the fact that Zach Wilson was able to come in and do some things on that kind of short notice, you have to give the coaching staff credit for that because no one thinks that that's going to happen, but then everybody is able to step up, right? But how are you going to be able to do that over the course of a week of practice? This, this week of practice, these next three days are going to be so critical for Zach Wilson, that offense, and that defense watching him in practice. If they get belief that Zach Wilson can go out there and execute against the Cowboys watching in practice, right? Because even if, you know, the, 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 the offense is going against the scout team, defensive player is going to be watching. Everybody's going to be watching what Zach Wilson is doing, how Zach Wilson gets in and out of the huddle, the kinds of plays that Nathaniel Hackett thinks are going to work for Zach Wilson. It's going to be really, really critical over these next three days of practice for him to show, yes, I can do this for him to believe internally. Yes, I can do this. If, if that happens, then yeah, we're going to be able to see it. I think against the Cowboys, what kind of belief that they have in Zach Wilson. And if that belief was instilled over these three days of practice. Well, and here's the reality too. The Cowboys are not going to win every game 40 to nothing. The Cowboys did it no. last year to the Vikings, 40 to three. They're capable. If they can start scoring early, break serve a couple of times, and capitalize, it's over because that's when they unleash Micah Parsons and you can't do anything about it, and they just feast. It's like the, the feeding frenzy that happens when you throw the chum into the water and out come the sharks. But if you can keep it close, things change for the Cowboys, and you got to go down there and hit them in the mouth, and they have the defense to hit the Cowboys in the mouth. Now Nathaniel Hackett has to come up with an offensive game plan that – takes some of the steam out of the pass rush, takes advantage of the fact that they've got Brees Hall, who looked pretty damn good in his first game back from a torn ACL. Dalvin Cook, use them both. Come up with something that will work with the guys you have. But that's what they need to do. they got to turn the page. 
Just like the Giants have to turn the page on getting their asses kicked by the Cowboys, the Jets have to turn the page on having the air sucked out of them by the Aaron Rodgers injury. Here's Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Last year had the great catch in the end zone that that eventually with the extra point tied the game and forced overtime. Here he is. Uh, not, it didn't force overtime. The, the Bills ultimately forced him. Yeah, yeah, you didn't force overtime. Yeah, I misspoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I apologize. Here's Garrett okay. Wilson speaking leave. about the loss of Aaron Rodgers. My heart hurts for, for Aaron, you know, first off. Um, you know, just seeing him last night and, and the emotion, you know, that was going into him getting out there, being out there, and, and everything that we had put in this offseason to be able to play, you know, in the games, you know, and it, and it, and it sucks, man, because – you know, you make it through a whole training camp, you make it through OTAs, you know, something that, that he didn't have to do by, by um, you know, by any means. But he wanted to, he wanted to be there and, and he did everything the right way. And then to see it all, see him um, go down like that in our first game is is um, heartbreaking. And that halftime, I just went in to check on him in the training room and, and uh, you know, just, just made sure I gave him a hug, told him I love him and, and you know, it, it really hurt my heart. He, he told me just, sorry, kid. You know, just later he said, "Sorry, kid." You know, and uh, say, "Love me back," and and that was it. Hard to muster the right amount of feeling for Garrett Wilson there when one of the hosts is wearing a shirt that says "Nobody Cares." That's kind of the, that was a, every time they show "Nobody Cares." I'm thinking, well, but you know what? You know what? Hey, Garrett, there's some wisdom in that inadvertent, ironic message. Because nobody cares. Nobody cares. None of your opponents care that you lost Aaron Rodgers. They're going to use that as an opportunity to come in and kick your ass. And for him to be a young guy, and and this is an organizational failure, I think. Everybody got too swept up. And maybe this is why they didn't want to do hard knocks. Because once they realized that hard knocks wasn't a bad thing, they still got swept up in the idea of the Jets are going to be great and the Jets are going to contend for a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers explained that to John McEnroe in the pregame interview on Monday night. We want to talk about it. We want to manifest it. So now that he's suddenly gone, I mean, you, you would have guessed based on Garrett Wilson's demeanor that they lost the game on Monday night. They still mm-hmm. won the game. What they need to do right now, and I think this is a call to the entire Jets organization, starting with leadership, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, they need to set a tone of we are going to keep going. We still have a great team. We still have hope, and we're not going to feel bad for ourselves. That's the whole mindset that fueled the Patriots early in their dynasty. Somebody gets injured, and it goes back to Parcells. We talked about it yesterday, Sims and I. The idea that you never get down in the mouth about an injury you never allow yourself to think oh well shit happens you keep going and you expect that the guy who takes over is going to meet the standard now is Zach Wilson going to play like Aaron Rodgers no but can Zach Wilson play good enough for the team to win yes because we just saw it happen we just saw it happen they were down 10 points yes he can play well enough for the Jets to win with what the Jets have so listen guys All you Jets players out there, none of whom are up this early watching this show, suck it up, move forward, and go down to Dallas and try to win the game. And then next week, try to win the game in New England. Or if it's at home, I don't remember. And then next week, try to beat the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. You you still have an NFL-caliber team. You still have a team that was on the cusp of the playoffs last year. Just go out there and do what you're supposed to do and quit worrying Look, and I, I, I don't – because I know Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't like this attitude coming from the Jets. But, you know, another thing that, that Bill Parcells used to do, and I think this is a story that Peter King told last week, how he was able to hang out with Phil Simms before Super Bowl twenty five, and they went out and had dinner in Tampa because if you were injured and unavailable, it was like you were dead to Bill mm-hmm. Parcells. Like, they, they have to and, – and I hate, I hate to say that, But if the Jets want to get the most out of what they have, they have to move forward as if Aaron Rodgers is dead to them. Now, he could hang around and be kind of quasi-assistant coach, but you just got to forget it and you got to move forward. And I know they're they're still in the 
in the throes of dealing with it. But today, Wednesday, first major practice day before Sunday, the message from Robert Sala has got to be the Aaron Rodgers era is over in New York. We go forward with the guys we have. Absolutely. I mean, you you went to the Patriots. I'll go, you know, a couple years before where Kurt Warner comes in because Trent Green goes down, right? And we got to rally around Kurt Warner and we're going to play good football. That's what Dick Vermeil said. That's basically the message that Robert Sala was trying to say with what was going on in his press conference, right? He can't say, you know, oh my gosh, everything is over. It's so terrible. We have to play Zach Wilson. We tried to replace that. We did replace Zach Wilson and now everything is over. No, it's, we believe in this team and that's what he has to do. And I, I mean, so I can say what I think reality is, but he, and talking about manifesting, has to talk about what he believes this team can be. And everybody has to believe it. And it's got to come from the head coach on down. So I, I think he's doing the absolute best he can. And, you know, when it comes to guys being replaced by injuries, that's just the reality of football, right? Move the drill. You know, we got to move on. We've got to move forward. The games are still going to come. And so nobody cares is one of those things that just is going to kind of come up because look, the games are going to be played when they're scheduled, right? Unless they flex them out. So we got to go, we got to play good football and we've got to do it with the guys that we have in this room. So it's right now it's Zach Wilson and they've got to try to instill that absolute belief. And I guess you're right. You know, you show every good thing that he did and you say, this is our team. This is what we're going to do. And this is why we believe in each other. Because we, we didn't just come this far to go this far, right? We've got to go and we got to play. So let's go do it. So it's, it's not just we got to go try to win. We got to believe that we're going to go kick their ass. And that's the kind of attitude that I think Robert Saul is going to try to instill in his team. And I, I think he's going to do a good job of it, at least until we see what the results are. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Here's the other problem, Miles, and it's a subtle point, but I think it's a real point. Robert Sala and anyone in management with the Jets has to be careful how they frame any of this and what they say about Aaron Rodgers because they hope he comes back and plays next year. And we don't know if he's going to come back and play next year. Will he do it all over again? Will he decide, you know what, that was my message from the ayahuasca gods that I should just call it a career I don't want to put myself in the position of having the same thing happen to me again next year. The football gods have been giving me some periodic messages with these calf problems, and now that I've gone through this, I'm just ready to move on. But if they're holding out hope he's going to come back next year, they have to be very sensitive on how he's going to hear whatever they have to say in the aftermath of him being gone. So you can't stand up there if you're Robert Sala and say, the Aaron Rodgers era is over as far as 2023 is concerned. This is a completely different team. We are rebooting the Jets in the aftermath of this injury. Aaron Rodgers is not going to step onto the field again this year. 
We welcome him to be around as much as he wants to be around, but he's no longer a player on this team for 2023, and that's just the way it is. There's a line that you don't want to cross because this is the guy who was and, – and look, I, I, I don't want to undo whatever good feelings I've developed for Aaron Rodgers, but this is the guy who was extremely sensitive about things of that nature in Green Bay, and maybe the Packers front office was more to blame than him, but I just still think if you want him back next year – you got to be careful about what you say about him now, especially as he's the one who's dealing with surgery and rehab and recovery and all the stuff he'd have to do to come back and play for you next year. So you can't completely throw dirt on the Aaron Rodgers grave, but at the same time, and and I don't, I'm not being, I'm not trying to be critical of Robert Sala. I'm just trying to say this is, you know, I've got the benefit of being on the outside of it. I'm not living it. He's living it. So it's much yeah. harder when you're in the middle of it when it's still fresh and raw and you're hurting and you're trying to reset your life before you can reset your team's existence. But this is where he's got to go today. If they're going to have any chance to beat the Cowboys, he's got to go in there today saying, I believe the kinds of things we've been saying for the last 42 minutes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's threading a needle, right? You know, I mean, if you're going to try to install all this belief in your team and in Zach Wilson, and then also think in the back of your mind, which you really can't do. I mean, Salah can't really do. I don't know if Salah can really think much farther than what is going on this week. Joe Douglas can. That's the GM's job to be like, all right, well, big picture. This is one thing that could happen. This is another thing that could happen. This is the contingency plan that we have, which I, I was thinking about this earlier and you kind of blew through this point. But like in some ways, they did kind of plan for an Aaron Rodgers injury because now they're not going to be sending a first round pick to Green Bay because of the playtime wow. percentage thing. So, I mean, like they send a second round pick. I mean, that, that's, you know, we can say whatever we want about that. But like Joe yeah, Douglas. Can yeah, think but about that, that was more stuff. negotiation with. Right. That was I, negotiation I with the Packers. That wasn't. I, I that know. wasn't, we we really think he's going to be injured, you know? No, and but, the way some of these know, guys but, but why think, would you think so, that and, he would be I, injured? You can't, you can't go into right, it thinking, right. like, you know, because we're going to be happy with this. Yeah, it's just, well, right. but. <sighs> I guarantee you, Miles, let me just say one thing. Let me just say one thing. Yeah. I guarantee you at some point since Monday night when the injury happened, Joe Douglas blamed himself for jinxing Aaron Rodgers by putting that term in the trade. Even entertaining the possibility he would play less than 65% of the snaps and having some sort of contingency for that, that counts as a jinx. And I say that because I say that because back when Rodgers was with the Packers and Ted Thompson was the GM of the team, at one point he said, you know, we, we, we don't go out and try to get a better backup because that will jinx the starter. We don't have a better backup to Aaron Rodgers because we don't want to basically speak into existence an injury to Aaron Rodgers. And it, it's kind of like what Tom Moore was saying about Peyton Manning. We don't exactly. practice effed. We don't plan for effed because if he gets hurt, we're effed. One last thing. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to a debate that is going to linger. There was an NFL conference call yesterday aimed at thumping their chest about the ratings and Sunday ticket subscriptions, uh. et cetera. But there were questions about this turf versus grass issue. We kind of got a word salady response from Jeff Miller, the head of PR, which I'll be typing up at some point today and posting at PFT. Here's Robert Sala from yesterday when asked if he's concerned about the brand new turf with plenty of those toxic little black pellets. They're everywhere. But is he concerned about that turf on the issue of turf versus grass and the incidence of injuries? Here he is. You know, if it was a non-contact injury, uh, I think I think that'd be something to, to discuss, obviously. But uh it was, that was kind of a forcible, uh, I think that was trauma-induced. Uh, I do know the players prefer grass, and, uh, you know, there's there's a lot invested in those young men, so. Yeah, but not enough, Coach. Not enough. Right. Th there was a point yesterday where Jeff Miller was getting pressed about the whole issue of retrofitting stadiums for soccer with a grass surface, and you could tell. You could tell. He wasn't going near that third rail. He wasn't going to touch that because, yeah, they're not investing enough to properly account for their health, to protect against the possibility that these injuries can happen. And the NFL will take the statistics and twist them whatever way they need to to justify the status quo because at the end of the day, Jerry Jones isn't going to have grass all the time at AT&T Stadium. Stan Kroenke's not going to have grass all the time at SoFi Stadium. It's just not going to happen. The stadiums weren't built to accommodate it. And that's the big failure. They all should have the tray that slides out. 
like the Cardinals have and like the Raiders now have. If you have the trade that slides out, you can have your concerts and you can have your grass football field and everybody's happy. So, And I also quibble with this because even though there was contact involved, if that foot is stuck and doesn't move while those forces are applied to Aaron Rodgers, that that causes the force you know, to, to concentrate and pop the Achilles potentially. That foot needs to get out of that that turf or yes. or or the foot needs to go into the turf it's got to go somewhere to alleviate the stress on that area of the body that's that's why the players complain about artificial turf versus grass and that that's not going to go anywhere until the owners finally come down from the ivory tower peel off a few bucks of that giant wad of cash they have and take care of the players you know mike uh, the thing that i think about is like a compromise because we know that you know billionaires and these billionaire owners are not just going to put grass in their stadiums. I mean, like, I think that we can come to that conclusion unless they are absolutely forced to. But what I wish they would do is I wish they just set aside a billion dollars. It may, it probably wouldn't even cost that much. But, you know, between all 32 teams, you can get to a billion dollars pretty easily and come up with the absolute best artificial turf in the entire world, right? The best turf we've ever known to man that really functions as much like grass as possible. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know what that would take, but I feel like it wouldn't take all that much money. And then they can do that and put them in all of these stadiums so that it's uniform, so that it absolutely functions as well as it possibly can. I, we, we put a man on the moon, right? We can come up That's with a really, really so good funny. turf. I, like, I, I just, I feel like that's hey. an investment that they should make. And that they should be able to do because it's got to be a better solution out there than what they've been putting out there. I was preparing to say as attribution to Warren Sapp from 20 some years ago, who said exactly that when they were playing on the, the green cement artificial turf, we can put a man on the moon, but we're playing on this. I'm serious. That's why I, I, when you said man on the moon, that's exactly what he said. We can put a man on the moon, but we play on this. Of course, if you believe they put a man on the moon, I mean, you know, I'm that's the original. That. That's the original <laughs> sky is not blue. World is not round. They did not yeah. put a man on the moon. That one's been around for a while. All right, we're going to take a break. Something else that's been around for a while. The narrative that Kirk Cousins can't get it done in prime time. Guess what? After a rough start week one, prime time, prime time. <laughs> Is he ready for Thursday night at Philly? More PFT Live right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.